This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes out today, day off for Dabati, but I still am bringing some friends here to the conversation. Of course, I can't just talk to myself for two hours. Nobody wants to hear that. So I got our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, kind enough to join us uh, just about this same time every single Thursday. Mr. Backo, how we doing? It is June now. The weather is starting to fully turn, and it's feeling like football, feeling like OTA's time. Yeah, doing well. Uh, we had a couple uh, couple of our rec league softball games rained out two weeks in a row. So it was nice to get back out there uh, on the on the uh, dirt last night. No, for sure. It is. It's certainly that time of year. The weather's starting to turn. Uh, people are going outside even more so. You know, after the last 14, 15 months and what we've been through uh, in this country and in our world in the scope of the pandemic, certainly uh, good vibes. Are, are are you feeling any of that? You know, and I know today you were doing some different stuff, but I. I know you've been down there on the south side as well, Mr. Backo. Can you feel that? Like, does it feel like there's a renewed energy just amongst the organization of what should be, you know, a more normal football season, training camps, preseason, Hall of Fame weekend, um, you know, having 70,000 fans in the stands? Do you sense any rejuvenation in that regard? Yeah, I think so. And, and plus, I mean, how can you not uh, be a little bit reinvigorated after sure. the way last season ended? Uh, you know, the Steelers better be or they're going to be in a world of hurt. You know, <laughs> I just did my Steelers mailbag for the Post-Gazette website, which I put up every Thursday. And the lead question this week that I got from a reader is, you know, hypothetically, if, if the bottom really falls out, what is this team's floor realistically and, you know, you look at the track record in the Tomlin era, even going back to the, the beginning of the Ben era, and they, they never fully fall apart, right? Everybody knows about the, the streak right. of non-losing seasons that they have. And yet, I keep coming back to if the 2021 Steelers are, are going to look anything like that team that we saw on the field at Heinz Field in the wild card game, and if that was a sign of things to come, then things could get dicey. So, yeah, I think the energy's got to be up now starting in OTAs. And, you know, certainly uh, you'll, you'll have probably the full complement of guys next week for mandatory minicamp at Heinz Field. Mr. Backo, as there always is uh, with any organization, but certainly the Steelers, plenty of off-season uh, storylines that we've been keeping an eye on. You've been, you know, with us here every week to discuss them all from the run game to Ben Roethlisberger to depth at certain positions on defense, right? Uh, I think it, it may be at the forefront of all these off-season conversations that we've had. feels like the offensive line has, has maybe been uh, the biggest discussion point. I, I know Chooks just got done speaking uh, recently. He said he's ready to play either offensive tackle position, but it looks like he'll get the first crack at left tackle. Uh, do you expect that to kind of drag out through camp, the battle between him and Banner and who plays what side, the, the battle for the, the starting tackle spots and maybe moving guys around from left to right? Or do you think that they'll you know try and, and nail these guys down sooner rather than later you know, ahead of, of trying to implement some new stuff with Matt Canada and the offense as a whole? No, I think the Steelers want to define those roles for the projected starters at tackle, Chooks on the left, Banner on the right. And it was more a matter of Chooks just saying the right thing and sure. you know, not penciling himself in for a starting spot, even though you know he did start all of last season by virtue of injury, and he hasn't played a ton of snaps on the left side at the NFL level. But uh, what's going to be interesting to me, Wes, is whether any other 
counties will be heard from uh, in the tackle position because, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Haig was brought in as a free agent, and he's got plenty of experience, but I think he's on the downward slope of his NFL career, and if anything, his calling card coming here was versatility to play either tackle spot, maybe even guard in a pinch, right. rather than to, to realistically challenge it. If that's what the Steelers wanted, I think you see them go out there on the market and look at someone like a Russell Okung or, uh, you know, there, there's Morgan Moses is out there, yep. Charles Leno Jr. I mean, there, there's a lot of names if you were looking for a slam dunk comp- uh, competition and tackle. I think they want Chooks to take the left side by the horns. They want Banner to take the right side by the horns. And the, the dark horse, if there is one, is maybe the rookie, Dan Moore Jr. I mean, yeah, they didn't draft him until the fourth round, but, uh, you know, the, it's all about the philosophy of getting more physical, meaner, nastier on the offensive line. And that, that would, you know, logic would dictate they think Dan Moore can be that. And we'll, we'll see if he, uh, you know, is able to make some strides in camp. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we saw a guy drafted in the in the similar, um, you know, selected in a similar area, uh, of course, in Kevin Dotson, who was, you know, not not a day one starter, but was able to uh, to have an impact his rookie year, despite you know not being a a first round or a top fifty pick or anything like that. Uh, you mentioned there, Mister Backo physicality, that's been the buzzword for the offensive line this offseason, right? Um, and I, I know that Chooks talked about that today, you know, stressing that it's all about attack, attack, attack. Is that something that you can implement to an offensive line? Like, I think you get what I'm saying here. You mentioned Kevin Dotson. You mentioned, um, you know, guys that might be brought in. We, we know that certain guys do just have that nastiness, that physicality, that sandpaper to their game, right? But is that something that you can just inject into an offensive line group, more physicality and the, the mentality to attack, attack, attack? Or does it feel like that's just something that you either organically have or don't have? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the double-edged sword of how, you know, when the Steelers drafted Kendrick Green, the center in the third round, and, you know, all the rhetoric from them and and new O-line coach Adrian Clem was that he has that mean streak and he doesn't want to have to teach that. But, you know, today another thing that Chooks Okorafor mentioned is that Adrian Clem is trying to bring more nastiness and physicality out of him. Well, that kind of makes me wonder, (laughs) can, can you coax that out of someone, or is Chooks just naturally not that guy is he more of a finesse offensive lineman than someone who's really going to be able to boost your running game by knocking people on their butts I mean that wasn't his reputation coming out of western Michigan you know he was a guy who was kind of renowned for for how he was able to move and how nimble he was at his size and thanks in large part to growing up playing soccer uh, over in Africa (laughs) so uh, you know hey it's it's you, you want that out of all your linemen, of course. Yeah. I think we've said on this show before, nobody ever gets out there as an offensive lineman or an O-line coach and says, yeah, we're just going to try to uh, you know move people out of the way a little bit, <laughs> but uh, we, we don't really want to beat them up. No, everybody wants to have violence at that position. Zach Banner is, is talking that talk, and he hasn't really had a chance to walk that walk yet, but Juke Sikorafor has, and I wouldn't say that's really what we've seen out of him, and uh, it's uh, you know, to go back to what I just said, if he can't prove that, then then maybe that's when you do see someone like Joe Haig or maybe even more intriguing Dan Moore uh, push him for playing time. So, buddy Brian Backo here on the Steelers Blitz. He of Pittsburgh Post Gazette fame. Uh, certainly a lot to chew on there. I, I do want to transition a little bit with you, buddy. Another guy who spoke today, uh, Robert Spillane. 
Uh, sounded like a guy who was pretty confident that he will be the the running mate next to Devin Bush. Yeah. Is is that a safe assumption, or you know, could Bince or or Buddy still have a say in this? Well, you and I are on the same page because I, I thought the same thing. He sounds like a guy who's pretty confident, yeah. and I tend to think that Robert Spillane wouldn't speak that way unless he's been given that indication from the coaching staff, either verbally or from the way they're using him at, at OTAs. Now, uh, I am uh, not permitted to report who I do and don't see down <laughs> sure, there at practice sure. outside, but I can say that I haven't seen Vince Williams in any of the photos or videos uh, posted by the club, so I think it's uh, logical to assume that, that he hasn't been around, and maybe when he does arrive for the mandatory mini camp portion of the offseason next week, maybe he'll be in there uh, as a starter, but Devin Bush is uh, probably not going to be full go by that point either. So it, it could go either way, but I do think that, you know, just how much they utilized him last year, the way they threw him right back into the fire for better or worse in the playoff game, I do think it'll be Robert Spillane and, and Devin Bush as the first two linebackers when you're in that 3-4 base defense, especially because we've seen time and time again that the Steelers' defense can be exploited when they get matchups on their, their inside linebackers. Maybe yep. Fitzpatrick pretty much called that out uh, candidly yesterday when we heard from him, so for two days ago, whenever that was. And if Spillane's a little bit better cover guy than they've had at that other spot in the past, perhaps that's why this team uh, likes using him there. Uh, quick one on Devin Bush, Mr. Backo. Uh, good, good things from him, right? I think a lot of people heard him say, you know, I'm about 80-90%, and they kind of panicked. I looked at it the other way. Um, you know, for his timeline, when you consider that it's still over 90 days away till the Steelers go up to Buffalo to play the Bills to start the season, I, I think Steelers fans should be confident in his recovery. Seems like uh, things are going well, and he is on track to be ready to go in September. Yeah, the, the percentage thing is always kind of a tough question. It is, right? Uh, how do you feel? Uh, 80%, 90%, uh, right. I don't know. And, you know, what some guy thinks is, is 50% might be another guy's 95%. Right, right. Good it's point. all kind of subjective. But uh, the, the answer that kind of impressed me from, uh, from Bush yesterday was I asked him, uh, I think we've all kind of seen him on social media. He's, all, he's always hanging out in the Pittsburgh area. I want to say he lives, uh, has a place down there in the South Hills somewhere and I, so I asked him you know why did you want to do all of this offseason rehab treatment stuff here in Pittsburgh alongside Zach Banner you know the ace the tour ACL club and everything and uh, I thought it was a really mature way of answering that question that the Steelers made a huge investment in him as a rookie you know picking him number 10 moving up to get him uh, that resulted in him getting the, the largest rookie deal of any player in, in team history and you know he, he wants them to, to get a chance to see that through and make sure that uh, everything is going well in, in his rehab so uh, those are all good signs from him he still has to get it done when he's on the field and you know, it, it really stinks for him and the organization that a season in which he was playing every down, never leaving the field, taking the next step, was cut short. Um, but, you know, plenty of guys bounce back well and are just fine after ACL tears. So yeah. uh, they'll, they'll have to hope for the same from Devin Bush. All right, buddy, last one for you. Um, another guy who spoke in, in the last day or two, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, kind of didn't really mince his words in terms of wanting to play more on the outside, wanting to play on the outside and, and not be uh, perceived as the slot guy. 
Is it that simple, though? Right? I think this kind of raised some uh, some red flags for a lot of Steelers fans thinking, oh, no, well, they're going to want Juju to play in the slot. He's going to want to play on the outside. There could be friction here. Uh, there could be some problems here. I still think in Matt Canada's offense, there are a lot of ways that they can use all these different guys, right? And even if at times Juju is not lined up on the outside and is lined up you know, inside in the slot, they can still use him to attack X and Y boundaries on the outside, right? Like those things don't have to be necessarily uh, uniform across the board. Do you see that at all, though, right? Do you see any potential when Juju's asked uh, what you're looking for this season? And he says, you know, straight up, I think it was Jenna Harner who asked him a couple days ago, and he says to play on the outside. Uh, it seems pretty hell-bent on that. Do you see any potential for, for some butting of heads, some clashing of philosophies there, or do you think it's going to be one of those things? It's going to be fluid in Matt Canada's offense, and they're just going to find ways to, to scheme these guys open and, and to use uh, the plethora of talented receivers they do have. Yeah, I mean, I do see that potential, and that's why, you know, I saw some of the early kind of takeaways from people on social media after Juju's Zoom call where that, uh, you know, he, he might not be in this for the long haul. It's, it's probably just another, uh, you know, one-year stint for him in Pittsburgh, but we'd already known that. I, I thought the major kind of narrative coming out of that was the, the whole idea that, hey, I, I want to be used differently. I, I took a, a pretty big discount to uh, to be back here, and I had maybe not a ton of options, but I had a couple other options to go to teams that had more success last year, have you know younger quarterbacks in place, maybe more identity on offense, and yet I'm, I'm choosing to be loyal to the Steelers and their mm-hmm. fans. I got to think there's something behind Juju continuing to mention that loyalty from him. So uh, if it does ever come to a head, knowing the way Juju's operated and, and maybe just how he's wired as a human. It might be more of a behind-closed-doors thing than bristling at it publicly. He's never done that before. I don't know that he is one to do that. But to me, there is you know, a something's-got-to-give kind of thing there with all of these guys who have made their bones on the outside and want more touches and are in contract years, if you're talking about James Washington and Eric Ebron. So just a little something to, to keep an eye on. I think a seed was, was maybe planted here in early June, and uh, we'll see if Matt Canada can keep everybody happy. I've got a big story coming out on him. Uh, I think it's going to be in the Sunday Post-Gazette if you're a a print reader, and then maybe online Monday. He's got a tall task, uh, working with Ben, trying to to, to get Najee Harris, their first-round pick involved, and keeping everybody happy among the pass catchers. So uh, that's going to kind of be a storyline that looms over this season for the Steelers' offense. Well, make sure you are looking for that from our guy, Mr. Brian Backo. Buddy, listen, always a lot to chew on, and, and I appreciate that uh, that you're here for us on the Blitz to uh, to join us weekly and break it all down. Great stuff, everyone. Uh, make sure you're checking out Mr. Backo's uh, Matt Canada piece and getting involved with his mailbags all in the PG. Thanks for your time, as always, buddy. Really appreciate it. Take care. We'll talk soon. And thanks for the plug, Wes. We'll see you, man. Of course, buddy. The least I can do. There he goes. Brian Backo. Uh, he does not do cap. Make sure you're checking out his work um, in the Post-Gazette. He it, it, Great mailbag stuff that he does where he answers your questions every single week. Uh, also, some good stuff upcoming, it sounds like, on Matt Canada's um, plans for this offense and the, and the talented plethora of receivers and pass catchers that he does have at his disposal. Now, uh, with Najee Harris as well, too. It is the afternoon. I just did it again. It's the Steelers Blitz. You see what happens when Moats isn't here? All my bearings are off. Uh, It's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. I am flying solo. No Arthur Moats today. 
So you know what? Let's get to some tweets here. All right, let's do it. We've had plenty of tweets rolling in throughout the show. Let's get to them. Uh, Joe tweets here and says, that was a great discussion between Moats and Wolf uh, concerning offensive captains. I think the obvious choice is Kevin Dotson. Uh, he is the new alpha male in alpha wolf in the room. I know it's only his second season approaching, but I know a leader when I see and hear one. I think that's well said, Joe. You're right, right? When it comes to leadership, when it comes to charisma, you just kind of know it whenever you see it, right? And I think we all feel that with Kevin Dotson, certainly. Um, the second-year thing, I think, is is a real thing, though. We, we know how the Steelers are. Um, it, it's an organization that is, is built with a very family-style atmosphere uh, with a lot of great leadership and, and a lot of just, just people that you can be around, that you can learn from, that you can soak up all this knowledge. I think Kevin Dotson definitely uh, is, is a captain of this Steelers offense at some point in his tenure just might have to wait another year or two. But like I said, in terms of your comment about knowing a leader, uh, when you see and hear one, I am 100% with you on that. Um, Kevin Dotson checks all those boxes. He, he feels like one of those charisma guys, right? I think Zach Banner does as well too. Um, Kevin Dotson, he's got some nasty to his game. Um, yeah, I think we can definitely all see him emerging in that role uh, sooner rather than later. I just don't know if this summer uh, may be quite that quick. Steeler Bomb 2030 tweets and says, uh, fourth quarter, a minute and a half left to go, 98 yards for WVU to win the national championship. Who would you rather have a quarterback? Major Harris, Pat White, Mark Bulger, or Geno Smith? Dang, Steeler Bomb. That is a good question. You're, you're playing to my heartstrings here, aren't you? Um, that's tough. My first reaction was Pat White. Um, just a guy who made so many plays to get WVU out of so many stadiums with wins. Um, Major Harris, the style of football that he played, his ability to run and throw the ball, uh, would be dynamite in today's college football. Mark Bulger had a ton of big game success. I think Geno Smith probably had the best start-to-finish career of a quarterback. And uh, it's tough, to, it's tough to, to beat Pat White in that regard. But, but Geno Smith was, it was, for three years, one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Won a lot of big games uh, himself, certainly. Uh, you know, namely, smacking Clemson around down in the Orange Bowl. I think Will Greer deserves to be in this conversation, too, for a lot of the stuff that he was able to pull off late in-game scenarios for WVU uh, in his two years in Morgantown. But Steeler Bomb, you know my age. I'm going with Pat White. I've seen him do it. I guess I saw Geno Smith do it as well, too. But but Pat White, for four years, getting WVU victories uh, out of stadiums with wins and a lot of scenarios where that didn't seem that that was going to be the case. I'll go Pat White. Great question, though, Steeler Bomb. I could talk about that one for a half an hour here. Rod Dalla tweets, Matt Canna's offense will be okay if the offensive line is good. I agree, Rod Dalla. I do think, though, I mean, that's, that's everybody in the NFL, right? If your offensive line is good, that's more than half the battle. Um, you, you can have some success, and that is why that I think, obviously, in, in an offseason that, that certainly the Steelers are, you know, every team, even the, even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl and, and returned like their entire friggin' roster and coaching staff, they've got questions going into the offseason. Everybody has questions going into the offseason, um, but the offensive line certainly feels like it is, uh, it is number one on that list 
for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Sensei tweets, it's the Steelers' delight today. There we go. Uh, The afternoon delight and the Steelers' blitz combining for the Steelers' delight. I like it, Sensei. I see what you did there. Uh, OTAs always get me excited. I love the confidence that the guys are speaking with. I think Mason's hunger is the thing that has me the most excited. And how about that deep ball from Ben, huh? Yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, it's all over Twitter. I you like to hear you like to hear that um that competitive nature from Mason Rudolph. Again, it's a weird thing to say that it that it feels like he's playing for his NFL future because he is the only one of the Steelers quarterbacks who has a contract for next year. But it feels like this training camp, this preseason, right? The Steelers getting the extra preseason game with the Hall of Fame game as well too. It feels like this is really going to be a big summer for Mason Rudolph. In terms of, yeah, we gave you the contract and you're going to be back next year, uh, but but we need to see you really take a step forward this season. Um, and like I said, in a weird way, kind of, of, of proving himself in terms of his NFL future. Uh, Steeler Nation tweets me and says, who do you think has a higher ceiling? Mika Fitzpatrick or Devin Bush? Whew, that's a good question, Steeler Nation. I would say... I mean, Minka's already pretty darn close. He, he can certainly get a little bit better, but he's been an all-pro the last two years. I mean, I, I think Minka is pretty close to his ceiling right now, where I think Devin Bush just started to scratch it, you know, just started to approach it for a few games last year. Um, so let me answer it this way. Who do I think can take a bigger step forward in their game right now? It's Devin Bush, because again, I think Minka is already at the top of his game. He's one of the best three or four safeties in the entire National Football League. He's been an all-pro, first-team all-pro both years he's been in Pittsburgh. It's tough. I mean, where do you go up from there? Defensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP, right? I mean, that's, that's about it. So I will say I think Devin Bush has more room to grow, because I think Minka Fitzpatrick is already... Um, pretty darn close to maxed out. He can certainly get better. You can get better every offseason, but he's <laughs> pretty dang good already. Jason from New Hampshire tweets, I'm totally digging Mason's demeanor and answers in his press conference. I think he's better than most people have given him credit for, but Juju has me gun-shy with his talks of loyalty. Don't just talk the talk. We'll see. I I, I think that's, that's safe to assume, Jason. I think Juju... Um, you could certainly talk about his loyalty and, and some other things he could have done this past offseason, but it also feels like he is kind of positioning himself to cash in this summer, you know, in a non-pandemic and in a normal offseason. Um, and, and you're right. I think it does make you a little gun-shy because people can talk about loyalty all that they want. And like you said, we'll see when that, when that rubber meets the road. But yeah, I, I do think, I still don't know how I feel about Mason Rudolph's long-term NFL future, which is crazy to say for a guy that's been in the league now for what, four years. But I do like his demeanor. I do like his approach. We talked about this um, last year, everything that he went through in 2019, you know, being thrust in to that role six quarters into the season when Ben Roethlisberger uh, needed major elbow surgery. Um. Mason comes in, right? He gets knocked out by Earl Thomas uh, against the Ravens. He has all kinds of ups and downs, more injuries. Of course, everything that transpired with Miles Garrett on the field and the accusations off the field. Mason Rudolph can persevere through all of that, continue to work his tail off, continue to have the demeanor and the desire for competition that he has. 
those are all good signs. I, I'm not saying it's going to work out. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy after Ben. I'm not saying he's ever going to be a top 15, top 12 quarterback in the NFL. But he, he deserves some credit for what he's gone through to this point. Uh, a lot of roller coaster stuff, not to mention right the team bringing in Dwayne Haskins as well. There's been a lot of highs and lows for Mason Rudolph already and still a lot of unknown. But I think you got to like how he's approaching this thing. And hey, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not like the Steelers um, are losing out on a, a big investment. Uh, but if it does work out, then all of a sudden, that's a heck of a story, huh? Um, so that, that is, is definitely something. Uh, Mason Rudolph, certainly uh, one of the, the things high on the list, his development and how that looks next to Dwayne Haskins uh, that I'll be watching come training camp, come preseason, etc. Uh, Mr. Taylor tweets, What up, cousins? In my Wesley Euler voice. Nice one there. I see what you did, Mr. Taylor. Uh, question two for my Stonewall segment. All right, I'm ready for this. September 6, 1992, Bill Cowher won his first game as a head coach against Warren Moon, Hall of Famer Warren Moon, and the Houston Oilers. How many turnovers did the Steelers' defense produce? So far, you guys are 1-0. Huh. I don't know the answer to this off the top of my head, Mr. Taylor, like I did with your Cordell touchdown question yesterday. But I'm thinking it's got to be a high number, obviously, because you wouldn't be asking me this trivia question if it wasn't a high number. I'll go six. How about that? Bill Cowher's first game, September 6, 92. Steelers defense produced six turnovers. That's my guess. Let, let me know if I was right or wrong. Uh, Steelers Nation 920 here says, oh, I like this. I got my uh, better ask some Euler questions. <laughs> I like it. I appreciate it. Three questions from Steeler Nation 920 here. Uh, Number one, who do you feel is the better quarterback? Number two or number three? Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins? Right now, Steelers Nation, uh, if if, if, if the Steelers were playing a game on Sunday, right? If the Steelers were playing a game three days from now, a meaningful regular season or playoff game, I would say Mason Rudolph. Better right now, more comfortable in the system. But who I feel is the better quarterback in terms of ceiling and skill set, I'll go with Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins has more of the, the natural ability stuff that you can't coach. But right now, with what we saw him do uh, the final week of the season in Cleveland, with just how familiar he is with the, with the organization and the personnel, uh, I, I I would go uh, with number two now in the short term. Uh, but number three, Dwayne Haskins in the long term with with the higher ceiling, if you will. Question number two, best family restaurant in Pittsburgh? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, we're, we're spoiled here. We, we've got some great places. And I guess, you know, family restaurant, I guess that is open for interpretation. You could mean family with kids. You could mean for a, a family gathering. Um, man. I, a couple different ones, all right, from from different aspects. If if it's not a kids thing, I always love Fatheads. Fatheads on the South Side is my spot. Great beer, great food. It's my happy place. A um, little bit fancier, maybe with the family. Grand Concourse is great. Uh, Nikki's Thai Kitchen is great. I love Gaucho and meat and potatoes. Both downtown are fantastic. Um, if you're talking breakfast restaurant, I'm a big Pamela's guy in the Strip District. Great place to take the family. I'm sure I'm thinking I'm missing some. I'm sure I'll go to break here in a couple minutes and I'll say, oh, crap, I should have said this restaurant. Uh, but those are just some of my favorites. But certainly 
uh, very spoiled in that regard in Pittsburgh when it comes to our food, when it comes to our breweries. Um, there are not many better places uh, to go, and particularly for a city the size of Pittsburgh. I think we're on par with a lot of other huge cities uh, when it comes to our food and to our drink. Third and final question here from Steeler Nation. If you could choose any game this year to attend, which would it be and why? That's easy. Week one, up in Buffalo. Uh, I mean, Steelers and Bills have played two epic games the last two seasons that the Bills have come out on top on. Uh, they're two good teams, two teams that fancy themselves as contenders. They are two fan bases that love the tailgate and love to have a good time. And there's just something I think always special about that first game of the year, particularly, right, when it's going to be the first game of the year back with full capacity after last season. Yeah, week one up in Buffalo, That from, from the tailgates to the atmosphere at the game, that is going to be rocking. That is going to be a blast. The weather should be fantastic. Uh, if I could go to any game this year, it would be without a doubt. Week one up in Buffalo against those Bills. Jason tweets me as we start to wrap up here and says, do we know if training camp will be open to the fans yet? Is there a schedule available yet? Should I book a hotel? Jason, <laughs> I can't say anything. All right? I... I'm privy to a little information, but I can't say anything. What I can tell you, though, folks, is that you're not going to have to wait much longer to find out. All right? That, that's all that I can tell you. I, I'm privy to some information, but my lips have to be sealed until things are officially announced. But you shouldn't have to wait much longer. That's what I can tell you. All right, one last um, refresh here of the tweets to see if we got any uh last second questions uh let's see here last one from tc yeah mason's confidence is good but if ben has a good year he'll be back and mason will be in the same position the future quarterback is not on the roster if you made me you know gun to my head right now choose is the future quarterback on the roster or not i would agree with tc i would say no but I think that's just that's just a numbers thing too, right? That's just a percentage thing, as well too. Um, I think it's 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 more likely that the Steelers will have a, a couple a, a year or two with with Mason or Dwayne, and not saying that they'll be terrible or anything, but that eventually they'll be uh, somebody who was drafted and developed, uh, you know, a, a, a first round high pedigree draft pick uh, developed that is not currently on the roster, that's currently in in high school or in college. I I would I would I would come down on that side as well TC um, and, and you're absolutely right <laughs> it's it's certainly possible that if Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy this entire year we're in the same position next year um, I guess maybe too with with the caveat of the potential of Ben Roethlisberger returning for another season as well it's it's always a crazy quarterback carousel right uh, Mr. Taylor following up the Steelers defense forced five turnovers and were all interceptions Ooh, so I guess six, it was five. My record is now one and one. Mr. Taylor says, enjoy your weekend. I like it, Mr. Taylor. This is a good thing we got going with the trivia questions. We'll keep it rolling next week because that will do it for me today. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Again, I I, I can't tell you what's going, what I know about training camp and all these things, but just know there's some good stuff coming and, and you shouldn't have to wait too much longer to find out. Uh, you all enjoy your weekend as well, too. I'll be back with Arthur Motes on Tuesday. Uh, thanks to our buddy Brian Backo for joining me today. Thanks to everybody who uh, who tweeted us today, this week. You guys are the best. Um, I could sit here, you know, and I could 
I could thank you all individually, but you know who you are. Uh, we, we always love your participation on the show. I always appreciate it even more so on a day like today when I'm flying solo. I hope it wasn't too painful, but if it was, like I said, it, just give me a break. Moats will be back next week, all right? So take care now. Bye-bye then. Ah, Ace Ventura. <laughs> Have a good weekend, everybody. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.